This episode is brought to you by Politica. You win when the right people hear you. Give us a call at 917-742-6342. And now, the Live Your Dreams podcast. And uh, we are back. This has been fantastic so far. I'll tell you something. Marcus, your journey has been nothing short of extraordinary. Now, as so many people in the world need to know, as, as, many, as many times as there's many highs in life, positive things, life can always throw us a curveball. Life can throw us the unexpected. Years later, something very, very impactful has happened to you. We want to tell the audience a little bit about what life can do and how you kind of overcome and how that started your journey and to something a little negative in your life. Well, um, about 10 years ago, at the height of my career, I suffered from eight strokes consecutively. In over a little over a year, I suffered eight strokes that left me partially paralyzed. My whole right side, my voice, I had no voice. I had a cocaine, a good walk. Um, it was very tough for me. It was tough knowing that my thing I love the most, I couldn't do anymore. So I was very depressed for many years. But being that I had all these jobs took away my physical but not my mental. So in my mind, I knew I was a great artist. I knew I could speak. And that was what was this driving force behind me rehabilitating myself. It's the old saying that when you're on top, it never feels as good as you thought it would. And when you hit rock bottom, you never think you'll be back. And I think the important lesson learned um, you know, what Marcus, what Marcus didn't mention earlier was he, he has been a diabetic since he was a kid, um, which also didn't contribute to some of these health issues, which we're going to get into. Um, you know, when something that significant happens and you, you know, from the nineties to call it 2010, this 20 year run of being in the limelight and you're having all these people around you when something this significant happens where you're just literally laid on your back, right? You're knocked out, um, can't speak can't walk, partially paralyzed, can't paint, which is, was his entire life, comes back to New York to be rehabbed, and he saw who was really in his life for him yeah. and who was in his life for the limelight. And I mean, it's fair to say that a vast majority of the people who he considered close friends and were close with him every day all of a sudden disappeared. Mm-hmm. And that is really, I think, what leads to the the depression and the sadness, right? Um, you, you, you build your career over a course of 20 years and then something like this happens, and you really learn who your true friends and family are. Um, Clark came back to New York to rehab. You know, over the course of months, it took him to, um, you know, walk again and speak again. I mean, everyone listening could can hear there is some type of, um, you know, um, slowness in the way he speaks, and, and his voice has been altered, you know, permanently. I mean, he's come, you know, a, a very long way over the last few years. Um, and I mean, he's essentially functioning like a normal person these days, right? 
but, but it was a miracle he shouldn't be, right? Each strokes in the course of a year, you know, he should be dead, you know. Um, so there's a lot of lessons learned, I think, during those times where it humbles you and it brings you back down to reality that, you know, you had this crazy run, but now, you know, over the course of one year, how it all be taken from you, which I think, I think, you know, listen, there's always going to be ups and downs in life and it's a lesson to everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do in life. It's not going to be just peaks the whole way. There's going to be some valleys in your life and anything you do. And this is just an example of, of your life and how, and how, yeah. you know, it, it ended up being for you. I remember, yeah. I remember when you used to like pixels on a, on a camera and, you know, the TV, all pixels come together, yeah. image. I remember you put money dish, your paint, step back, come back. Yeah. No, you started doing the eyes with again, which is where you first started with George's daughter. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. He would stab the canvas because he didn't have any motor skills. So we just stay up the canvas to start painting it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was the beginning of my therapy with painting became my therapy. Yeah. Every day I would put the brush in my hand uh, and stare the canvas and slowly but surely some make bigger moments and bigger moments. And now, Hey, over 10 years later, I'm painting again, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I'm not as good as I used to be, but I'm pretty good. Yeah, what was also very beautiful is I remember you painted a friend, mutual friend's daughter, and you're actually teaching her, because she's an excellent artist as well for me. It's God-given. And then all of a sudden, she's doing this with you. Yeah. You, it was beautiful. Chris, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have pictures of me and her whole world. She is the little short. Yeah. And us. <laughs> and uh, her work is amazing. And they actually have the painting that we did hanging in a whole house. It's very cool. It's the life for It's all dots. It's so circle. That's what you said you started with the eye as well. That's incredible. I mean, literally, Marcus, it feels like. Painting gave you life, and then it literally saved your life. You feel that way about it, or in general? Yes. Yes. I mean, I would be any. I wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for money. Yeah. So a few years after these strokes, and him finally getting ahead ahead of it and 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 rehabbing back to being normal, he then needed a kidney transplant. Well, due to the oh. due to the the diabetes and obviously strokes and and the health concerns, so I think I think uh, you have a very interesting story about the whole kidney experience as well. Yeah, well, about seven years ago, I found a late kidney failed, and um, I did this chance that so for about two years I was on dialysis. And I put on social media that I needed a kidney. So a girl reached out to me and said, I, I think I know a girl that would donate her kidney. And I like, anyone. It was a girl I painted 10 years ago that reached out to me. And um, so she had a friend. She's like, how do you feel about giving your kidney to a complete stranger? 
And she says, sure, I will do it. And uh, so she got back to me and said, yeah, she would give you her camel. So she put this in touch and she said, I only have to ask one person if I could give you my camel. I says, sure, I'll do whatever you need to do. And so she answers, son, I hate it. Her name is Alicia Lane, Lucina. Uh, she said, she asked well, how do you feel about me? It will like, it will, she was changing it. And they looked at her and said, Mom, I want you to do it. And that was it. And me, her whole family of friends were like, no, they don't know this guy. Why would you do that? And, um, I'm not hearing not only the power of social media and its reach and how it can actually help people, but the human condition, the human spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, these people, they step up and they, you know, people are good intention, you know, inherently good. Yeah. You know, and they, yeah. that was a powerful example. That, that, then they gave me faith in humanity to have someone to stop mistaking either than them to complete future. So she had to fly in to see if she was going to be a good fit. She had to fly in to see she was a match. And the day I met her for the first time, she flew in on Easter Sunday. And I thought to myself, going the right mind was flying on Easter Sunday to give away a part of their body. And, uh, and then I realized that God has sent me an angel. Absolutely. And sure enough, she was an angel. She ended up being a match. And she told me, because it was up to her to tell me whether she was a match or not. And she was a match. And she said, I'm ready to give you like give me I'm ready where you are. And so we had the operation. Her mother just started doing from uh, Kansas City. And the mic said, you know, I, I tried to talk her out of it. I said, do me a favor. Do not give this guy your Kindle. And um, she said, now that I met you, now I know why. She wants him to give the heart ending. Yeah. Says so much about your character yeah. and who you are. I mean, you have something about you that's incredible. You know, and I think you can't learn this skill. You you have something, again, you had an ability as an artist. You have an ability to draw people to you. That's a very special feeling. It feels like you have this, you know, beautiful aura around you that you attract good people. Can't until It's a blessing. It's curious. So that, that brings you down, and you have a phenomenal friend, business partner now sitting next to you. Yeah. You guys are really a great team, a great dynamic. What made you two, you and Dominic, start working together? You guys are not only friends, but now you're together, you're working together. What what made this happen? Well, what happened was initially I met him in this friend, Judge Crystal. And your, and your cousin, Jennifer. Yeah, because I actually I met him about ten years ago at the party that my cousin took me to, 
and he was there, and they met Perry. So years later, George is being said. Yeah, so during COVID, I spent a lot of time in Miami. And we had known each other, you know, call it from the Hurricane Sandy days, because how we met was through, I started a nonprofit organization called the Construct Relief Foundation. We were rebuilding homes for people after Hurricane Sandy here in New York. And um, I partnered with his cousin, Jen, to help uh, fix someone's home. And Big Edge. And Big Edge. From Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Angela was also a good friend of ours. So Big Edge and Jen, little Jen, his cousin, said, hey, we want to raise money, give it to your organization, and we want to rebuild a house for someone. And after that house was finished, the homeowner threw a big party for us and Marcus came. And that's where we met. Um, we stayed in touch. Good friend of ours, George, um, and I were spending a lot of time in Miami during COVID. We would see Marcus all the time because obviously he's down there in Miami. Him and I got very, very close. And um, I saw he was back to a state where he had the stamina and the energy and the health to really start his art career again, you know. He was probably on hiatus for five or six years, just rehabbing and, and trying to stay alive, essentially. And um, back then, NFTs was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. NFTs were coming out. Um, Marcus didn't have a lot of his art because it was being sold over the years. And it was time for this rebirth and this this re you know um, this reannouncement to the world. You know, so uh, he still paints on canvas every single day, and he still sells his art. Um, but we said, why don't we do an NFT project? You have a lot of people to thank for you being alive. Um, so we said, we could donate proceeds of this project to these organizations that helped you. So, um, what we didn't mention earlier is there's a very famous Peter Ed, P-E-T-A, um, organization that protects animals, obviously, uh, that he got Pamela Anderson's in and Barkus actually painted Pam in that ad. Uh, very famous Ed. So he decided to do three art collections, NFT collections. One was donating proceeds to the National Kidney Foundation. The other was the American Heart and Stroke Association. And one was to PETA. And me being the business end of it and reaching out to these organizations, promoting it, and doing the back-end business work while he was creating the art, uh, we made some really good uh, connections and we built some good relationships to these organizations. And besides him making them some money, uh, they fell in love with him as well. And, you know, since COVID, uh, he's been honored at multiple galas that they've hosted. He's helped them raise money. Um, and and Marcus is back. You know, uh, he feels great. He's at the gym every day. He eats well. Um, and he appreciates life, which uh, I think is the most important thing. I mean, we take for granted, you know, waking up every day, especially when you're in this, this you know, uh, either the rat race of daily life or stuck in this Hollywood world where it's just a 24-hour and never-ending party. Um, Marcus has been given uh, a second opportunity at life to really focus on what's important. And um, he's doing great things, which really, you know, that's what really brought us together and is, uh, you know, making us do the work we're doing now. You mentioned three collections. I believe that's a T-shirt of one of the, I mean, you can't see it on the audio, but you will see on the video behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, Basquiat. Yeah, so so we had three collections. Um one was a series of paintings he actually painted in the height of his career, which was called the Idols Collection. Yeah. Uh, the second was a collection of paintings that he made while he was actually rehabbing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really rudimentary art, you know. It's um, it's 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 the stuff he did while he was getting back. Um, 
and then we did it at their collection. Who is the off-self fortress? A double coven. Um, I was a white photo. Uh, and that's like, I got boyfriends out of life in my house. And uh, I didn't know what to pay, so uh, I I would look at myself and uh, throw myself in the mirror. And then I decided to do a whole uh, collection of self portraits. Yeah, a really cool, really cool images himself, you know. Uh, how he was feeling during COVID, which sure. you know, yeah. COVID was a thing, right? Sure. So, you know, one day he's wearing a mask, one day he's home, one day he's biking, one day he's on a beach. So he would take these selfies, um, almost documenting his life during COVID. Sure. And we took these pictures and he painted himself from, you know, he'd have the, the selfie essentially on his iPad, on his iPhone here and he'd do these murals. And, um, yeah, and we, and we, uh, did a whole collection of these images. So it's essentially... A collection of art before his strokes, during the rehab, and then during COVID, cool. and um, it was it was a great thing. It was a fun, a, a very fun project to work on. Him and I got very close to that time. I mean, I'd be flying back to Miami every couple of weeks, and sure, you know, we'd be uh, planning and having interviews with some of his celebrity friends and promoting it. Um, right now, the crypto world is is obviously down. Yeah, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay because it's going to be back, and he's part of history. I mean, now, if I mean, the art, I mean, art is an expression of oneself, and you know, we're better to to embody it than you. Yeah. So Marcus has a a website, marcusuarez.com. Um, you can learn about his story there. Uh, there's a gallery of not only the work that he's done and his portfolio. But there's um, information there where you, you can get from him and he can, he can paint something unique for you guys. Okay. I don't think it's Marcus Well, there's also another name, which is one of the old school names. Ence, is that a name? I see that you put that like a middle name recently on Facebook. I like that. Yeah, you should. And it lives on. Yeah. <laughs> It's it only goes back to my high school days where the solutions to graffiti and I became part was a of my life for the years to come. And even to the day, there are instances of graffiti in my wheels and my campus. And this was my trade name. And the funny story about Ents was, um, I used to buy short in high school because the first two guys I met were over six feet tall. <laughs> and I'm this five foot tall guy, really short, and I had a big them, and they called me shorty. So I started writing shorty. So, uh, one day I'm like, you know, I told my friend, I'm tired of writing shorty. I wanted another graffiti made. And uh, he said, well, I'm going to open this book. And whatever my fail is, she, that's what you write. So I opens the book, and then there's on the word ends. Oh, there's a word ends, E-N-L-C. No. I know the word uh, ends, but not ends. Yeah. yeah, so this is story. He said ends. He said, yeah. I said, yeah, sure. So from that day, I ran with the word S is my name. And then like, I viewed it like 10 years later. I'm in the night club with a guy. 
And he goes, you know, hey, stop me. He goes, remember the day he gave you me? He's like, yeah, remember. He goes, you never asked me what asked me. And I said, you know what? The visit with this, it's me. And he said, he came for the word difference. So, difference of one life and ends on the next time. So that when he came for the word difference. I was hyphenated in the following way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And look at the difference you've made in so many lives around you. I mean, we have so many entrepreneurs and artists listening. And it seems to me that one real message behind your life is persistence, never giving up, always standing by your dreams. If you can tell any listeners one piece of advice about always persevering, what would it be? Well, I would say never get whatever the consequences are to keep striving, because that's what I do. Um, the light is a very powerful thing, even though I couldn't talk and I couldn't move. I knew my mind would tell me a great artist. And even though I started with that, I look at my pages and say, oh my God, but what happened? But little by little over the years and the perseverance, I came back. I'm almost as strong as ever. Now. Let me say something, though. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I was actually awake for a while, right? And I came from working out all my life. Yeah. Watching you in the gym inspired me to get back. I was like, if he can do it, <laughs> I'm just depressed. Why might I do it? You know? And then you do it, and then it just builds on itself. Yeah, well, doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. You know, exactly. Dom, many words of wisdom for our, our listeners out there that you can give for entrepreneurs, artists, people that are achieving their dreams. I would just say uh, stick to it. You know, stick to one thing. Um, there are going to be days you don't want to do it or you're you're second-guessing yourself. Just stay focused on it and keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And all roads lead back to Brooklyn. It doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> all roads lead back to Brooklyn. To be a lost in life, just all roads lead back to Brooklyn. That's great. And we'll save you. Guys, this has been fantastic, really. I mean, I mean, inspiring both of you guys, really. All the listeners, please check out their websites, their, their social medias. Again, be ready to be inspired by incredible individuals out there. Marcus, Dominic, your guys' stories are both fantastic. It has been nothing but a pleasure having both of you, and we can't wait to hopefully have you on again in the future. Really, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you so much. Yes, Thanks, guys. As always, it's been the... Thank you, though. <laughs> Thanks, guys. This is the uh, Live Your Dreams podcast. My name is Joe Wallace. My co-host, Chris Victor. Again, we are the dreamers, and the dreams make the world go around. So please, always follow your passion. Always follow your dreams. Always keep pushing, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>